Thank you for listening to the Folk Podcast. If you would like to become more involved with the Wisdom of Odin community, please think about donating to Patreon. At the lowest tier, you gain access to our community Discord. Uh, the next tier, you gain access to live streams. And of course, at the final tier, you gain early access videos, as well as your name in the end credits for all Wisdom of Odin videos. Thank you so much for watching, and thank you so much for whatever support you're able to provide. Hello, my name is Jacob, and welcome to episode 46 of the Folk Podcast. Today, it is just Ian and I once again. The lone soldiers defend off the hordes of something. I don't know. I didn't actually think of that euphemism very well. But it is just Ian and I once again for episode 46. And we are talking about something kind of interesting. So we had a very heavy talk last week. We brought on Kai and um, Zach to talk about the Native American issues. Um, uh, so, you know, first off, I want to thank everyone for their feedback. Um, it, that was a really hard episode for us to do. It really was, um, you know, dipping our toes into some very serious subject matter. Um, and it's definitely not something, you know, we take lightly. Uh, you know, we're not really big into the, the virtue signaling, you know, stuff going on right now, a lot on Instagram and social media in general, is we actually want to make sure we get things done. So, you know, the conversation has continued after that podcast. Um, you know, we've kind of worked with uh, Zach a little bit. And we've also talked to another member of our community, Keenan. Um, and we are putting plans in place in case, you know, we are needed somewhere in case we are, you know, needed to you know help the native community and making sure we're in the right position to do that the right way. Um, so, you know, we don't just leave it on the podcast episode. We, we are actually considering, you know, what we can do to help the native community in the United States. But so this episode is not necessarily heavy, but it's also something we've really wanted to talk about for a while, in particular, Ian, um, and, and me as well. I feel like we both have interesting perspectives. So I'm kind of glad it's both of us. So I'm going to start, stop beating around the bush. We want to talk about primarily this obsession with Fenrir worship. So this is something that has come up a lot since I started the Wisdom of Odin is that I get messages from people, typically people that have only been in the faith for a week, two weeks. And they're like, I want to worship Fenrir. How do I do that? And this is an uncomfortable position because there's one side, and this is the precursor to this entire conversation. So please make sure you listen to this is yes, this faith, you can do however you want. There is no one right way to do this faith. Um, you know, I feel like there are guidelines in place in the prose and poetic edda, um, things that we should honor. Um, and then there's the experiences that other people have had. And all those things come together into your personal practice. And so I'm going to try to keep us on track as possible with that. But this is, again, it's so hard that when you say, you can do whatever you want as you know, typically the witch thing is you can do whatever you want as long as you don't harm, cause harm to others. And I feel like that's kind of true in Norse paganism as well is, you know, you can kind of do what you want. Just like, I don't know, Ian, do you have a better way to describe this? Cause I, I, I feel like it's so hard to break through that barrier where it's just like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what to say to prepare people for this conversation. Yeah. I feel like, cause I know a lot of people, you know, will look at it or, you know, they'll throw that term like gatekeeping out there. And it's not necessarily I wouldn't consider this to be like a, a term of gatekeeping. It's more of a, a like what you were saying, there are some guidelines of kind of like what you should primarily focus on, you know, to a certain degree compared to, you know, and like the stuff that we historically know that would like of deities that were venerated, you know, very clearly like in two episodes ago now with um, 
you know, Freyr and Thor, and you know, obviously you have uh, evidence of Odin being venerated and all that kind of stuff. So like, it, it's a weird, it's a weird spot that I feel like has kind of been practiced a little bit more in our modern era. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's difficult to kind of pinpoint an exact like term or like series of terms or, or you know, umbrella idea of what we're trying to get across. But I, I feel it's more of like a friendly advice for two people that, you know, from two different ends of the spectrum as far as their opinions on, you know, this topic, so primarily Fenrir. Um, but also, you know, just the experience level too, because kind of going right into it, we've gotten, I myself have gotten messages um, from people asking about, you know, Fenrir worship and veneration and stuff like that. And usually the first question I ask them before I even continue the conversation is how long have you been in the practice for? You know, and for the most part, you get individuals that are like, oh, I just started, you know, like a week ago or a couple months ago or, you know, whatever it is. And usually I'll go right into it. And I'll, I'll tell them bluntly and I'll, like, I'll leave them a heads up like, I'm just going to be straight up with you. That's not something that you, that's not a DD or being that you should even be focusing on right now in your practice. Not because, you know, you shouldn't, but because it's, that is something I feel like super, like this may sound egotistical or whatever, I don't care. But there's certain, I feel like certain deities come to certain people for a very specific reason, you know, and with most deities overall is you don't necessarily choose them to be part of your life. They come to you. And that's the thing. And if it, it goes to some of the older uh, episodes that we've done of don't force things to happen because they're probably not going to happen. A lot of it is you take it as it comes. And I feel like this is something, you know, for this topic particularly that that speaks volumes about. But yeah, I agree. It's a difficult. So I'm trying to think of the best metaphor. I feel like I'm the metaphor guy. So the metaphor for me that's coming to my mind is as a painter. You know, I went to art mm -hmm. school originally as a painter. And technically, as a painter, you can paint whatever you want. Same thing with this faith. You can technically do whatever you want. But we have history. We have, in, in painting as the metaphor, you have other painters who have come before you and made master works. You have had other painters come before you and fail. And that's the same deal here. You know, we have a history. We know roughly kind of how this faith would have been in a historic way, or at least a snippet. And we have people in the past that have done this and succeeded. And we've had people in the past done this and failed. So I think, you know, you go to art school, like why even go to art school? Why even ask questions? Why even learn if you're not actually going to absorb the information you get? And so if I went into my first day of art school, I've been, I was like, oh, I've been a painter for two weeks and I want to paint the, you know, something as big as the Sistine Chapel. I want to be like Michelangelo. You know, you're going to get laughed at, you know, sure. Yeah. You know, find a way to do that, but good luck. And so I feel like this is kind of the same way. It's just like, if you're coming into this faith, it's a lifelong path. I think, you know, most people would tell you that it's a lifelong path that you should take your time. It's something we're really big on the podcast telling you. So why would you jump into the deep end? Why would you want to paint a Michelangelo or a Da Vinci, you know, your first week? Why not 
start with the still life and see how you like it. Why not start with Thor to see how you like it? Um, why not just start with a simple offering? You know, why are you so drawn to, you know, diving in the deep end right away? I mean, I know it's exciting and we've all been there, but I, I feel like, you know, it, it's just so, you know, again, just trust the people that came before you trust the people that have been in it for a while. Um, you don't have to listen to us. You don't have to listen to your professors in college. You don't have to listen to us on the podcast. Stop fucking listening to the podcast. If you don't want to listen to us. Uh, but like, truly, you know, we, we, you know, we do, we're saying this because we think it's an issue because we think it's going to burn you. Um, not because we're trying to control your practice. Maybe that's the best way we can put it. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that. It's more of a, a, you know, one of my favorite sayings from one of our members in the fellowship specifically is, you know, it's your soul, not mine. But at the end of the day, you know, it, with some, there is some backlash to other people's interactions, especially if you work heavily with a deity and somebody, you know, you know, that is naive and new thinks that they can do something like that with a, that said deity some people are very sensitive to other people messing around with that kind of stuff, especially if there's some backlash to it. And I think that's something that people don't understand. Like there is a spiritual backlash to, you know, the, the, um, I, I want to be nice. You know, like these, you know, nicer, gentler terms, but I don't think that's really going to happen. <laughs> I feel like we've prepared people as much as we can. Again, yeah. we're not trying to control your practice. We're just trying to get yeah. you advice. It's up to you if you want to listen to us or not. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So Go for it. that Go for being, it. <laughs> that being said, it's, it's, uh, yeah. People that are ignorant to what they're, what they're dealing with have an, an indirect effect on people that do have an understanding of a being that they're dealing with. And usually those people end up having some sort of, uh, you know, spiritual experience that they didn't necessarily want because of other people messing around, you know, kind of like, a, I'm trying to think of a good analogy, but almost like a, you know, kind of like a spider web, for example, you know, you, somebody plucks that one little bit of a web and the whole thing is affected. Well, I mean, know? we've been through this exact situation, not necessarily with Fenrir, but with Anger Boda, you yes. know, it's like, again, it wasn't necessarily a, hor a horrible experience, you know, for everyone involved, it was just unexpected because the being in which this person was giving to is a very powerful being. And, you know, I don't think, do wait, do we, do we say who, who did this or should I just continue to be vague? I can't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. I'm just going to continue to be vague. Anyways. Yeah. The person that gave to Anger Boda, you know, I trust in their spiritual practice, but we did not foresee the variable when it came to them giving a, such an intense offering during a public ritual in the woods, you know, mm -hmm. where 30 people were there. And so when you give to a being that you don't quite understand where we don't have that historical information um, to help back our knowledge, you know, it ended up to a pretty intense evening you know, when someone, um, and if you, if you're this far and you haven't listened to all of our episodes, we do talk about this. I think it's literally just called the, you know, after the fall gathering, we kind of talk about mm -hmm. what happened. Um, and it, I mean, it, to me, you know, it was kind of an intense experience, but at the same time, it kind of validated that this faith is real. And so maybe that's one of the things that people kind of seek when they are like, oh, I'm getting into the faith for the first time. I really want to, you know, get the full vibe of it. I'm going to, honored Fenrir to really get that you know that shaking experience um so maybe that's what they're seeking is they're seeking that thrill of you know venerating a deity that could be very powerful I'm not sure 
don't know. It like it the the term that you you, you kind of coined the other with during the Frere and Thor episode of the the pagan hipster. It's yeah, yeah. It it it's it's accurate. You know, you have people that you know, and if you feel like you're being targeted, then you might be one of these people if that's what you're thinking. But um, you know, you have people that are brand new to the faith. They see other people. You know, the vast majority of people honoring and venerating, you know, Thor, Freya, Freyr, Odin, um, you know, Skadi Ullr, you know, to a certain degree, like a lot of people, those are relatively common individuals. Loki obviously is one of them. Um, but then people get in that mind, they're like, oh, I don't want to be part of the, you know, the mass. You know, I want to be different. Everyone like, worships Thor. He's a Marvel yeah. character. Exactly. And that's the thing. I mean, even you said it, you know, when we were kind of talking about this, like they see it, they want to, you know, worship the taboo within the practice. But like you said, the the practice that we are, you know, the religion that we are actively practicing essentially is a taboo in, you know, a modern religious standpoint to some degree. Uh, so like you're already being, you know, that that edgelord hipster, you know, if that's the way that you want to be, you know, you're already being different from the rest of the crowd. But that's it's with a lot of these older lesser known deities that have very powerful potential behind them that we just don't necessarily understand that will come in and it'll bite you in the ass sometimes you know you right. don't know what you're potentially going to get yourself into i mean really the only thing with Fenrir you know coming from the historical perspective we don't know that much about Fenrir mm -hmm. you know we know uh, his mother's Angerboda. Um, we know that he comes from the old ironwood um is he the father of skull and hati the wolves that mm -hmm. chase the move or was that or is that another children of anger botha no that is those are his children okay um and we know of the binding of fenrir everyone knows that mm -hmm. story and of course we know him killing odin at ragnarok and that's kind of it um so but that's very common yeah. knowledge i find there's a lot of people coming into to this faith and into norse mythology it's very common because it's in the vol buds right there um and you know first off I, I think it's interesting to pull up her perspectives because ian you have actually worked with Fenrir um to some extent and so yeah. you you bring this an interesting perspective um and, when, and then the magicalness of this is that we're somehow still friends um because i come at it from the odin perspective i remember the first time i think someone asked me about Fenrir um is is your dog Fenrir literally acting up because he keeps on saying Fenrir yeah i feel like that's what's happening yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> he's still munching on a tear hand over there, right? Um, so where was what was my thought there, Ian? What was I saying? I don't even remember. You were oh, yeah, my perspective, perspective, my perspective. Yeah, so the first time someone messaged me, um, you know, I remember like they were like, So, what do you think of Fenrir? Can I worship him? And I'm like, Did you just message the guy whose channel's name is the wisdom of odin asking what he thinks about fenrir i think you should chain him up and leave him there <laughs> like <laughs> like i'm gonna go with the odin perspective on this one um so you know why would someone who's you know primarily following odin want to give someone advice on how to follow fenrir you know to me that makes absolutely no sense like you know same thing go up to a thor bro and ask him hey man what do you think about worshiping Jormagander? like what <laughs> um or hey Fre you know frere followers what do you think about cert you think he's pretty cool yeah. you know like i don't even know what kind of information i could give you um so it's you know that's my perspective as as an odin follower um you know i i don't quite get it 
I really don't. And I think this is, a, you know, a very common perspective, you know, anyone, especially old school heathens, um, you know, I find this very common is they're, you know, mostly the people that are very strict to the poetic Edda, um, you know, maybe you want to call them reconstructionists, but, you know, I find a lot of old school 1980s, 1990s heathens are like this, is they're very strict um, and follow their dogma, which is fine for them. Um, but, you know, I think they definitely scratch their heads at this. They definitely see this yeah. as very new age. Um, and I got to say, you know, I don't often agree with the, the reconstructionists, but here I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I kind of scratch my head at it. You know, I don't want to be the guy that once again, gatekeeps. Um, but I, yeah, I have to be honest, I scratch my head at it all the time. Yeah, I, I feel like for me, you know, from my perspective, having worked with them, it wasn't necessarily something that I sought out. It was more of a certain certain things were happening, you know, certain uh, and encounters spiritually were happening, and I was like, okay, cool. Like I, I did my research, you know, and that's one thing that a lot of people I feel like fail to do as well. So you have somebody that has a dream about seeing a wolf. Okay, wolves are very prominent in Norse paganism, period, dot. It's not Fenrir every time. You know what I mean? You have Odin's wolves, you have Filga, you have other various spirit guides that are take the manifestations of wolves. You have Hati and Skull. Like there are wolves are very prominent in Norse paganism, period, dot. So not every dream of a wolf that you have happens to be Fenrir, you know, and that's something very common. And, I, and even if you I do see, have a dream about Fenrir, it doesn't mean you need to like go worship him. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's, yeah, that's the other thing. Like take it, take it as, you know, if it is, you know, if you're very confident that that is who it was, you know, that's obviously up to you and how you feel about your interpretation of that dream or what experience. But yeah, that doesn't mean you have to go and, and worship Fenrir. You know, that goes with any of the, de like any of the gods. Like, you know, I've had dreams of or experiences with other deities and I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. They had something particularly in that moment to tell me. That doesn't mean I'm going to start, you know, drop like my dedication to hell and start worshiping, you know, prayer or Freya, you know, at like the drop of a hat. And that's, that's something that I feel like a lot of people just don't, you know, tend to do is what they do do. Yeah. I do do. And that do do. Uh, yeah, they take these signs and they they use it as an excuse almost to worship them or like their own validation to others to, you know, why they do it. But that's the thing. It's not always that situation. It could be any one wolf being, um, you know, and coming from my, like, again, coming from my perspective, you know, this is one thing, one of the reasons why I ask people, you know, if they, if they message me about Venrir, which I get a relatively decent amount, whether it's through the Discord or on Instagram. Um, and to be completely honest, for the longest time, I kept it very much to myself and a select few individuals. I mean, you you being one of them, because you were literally on the phone with me when I kind of made my weird epiphany, you know, so like you were kind of there when it happened, um, you know, to, to some degree. And I think he's talking about I, me, not you as the viewer, just like, you know. Oh yeah, I'm talking to Jacob. Sorry. <laughs> I realized I was nodding like yes, yes, yes. And I'm like not actually responding. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, for a very long time because I wanted to make sure this is what I was, you know, this is what was happening. This is who was, you know, making themselves known and everything like that. And also to not because I knew, I knew the second I went any sort of like public with it or made any sort of inclination that that's who I was, you know, I was working with with this deity 
or any sort of interaction with them, I would have people asking me and people, you know, how do you do it? You know, how do you make an offering? Well, you know, what's it like, blah, blah, blah. And that's exactly what happened. I finally, I kept it to myself for a very, very long time, you know, and eventually I got a little bit more confident and comfortable with talking about it, you know, amongst select few people. And then, you know, stuff spreads after that, you know, and eventually people found out. And as soon as that happened, just like I knew it would, I would, I had tons of people messaging me, you know, how to do it, you know, what's it like, maybe I had this, you know, and they'll be like, what do you think of this dream, you know, that I had, and they'll explain a dream of a wolf, I'm like, well, okay, and that's the same thing, like I said earlier, wolves are very prominent in, in this faith, and a lot of forms of paganism, actually, wolves are just prominent, you know, so it's not always that situation, and I have, I'll be honest, I've had people message me, and I'll, I'll just straight up ignore the message, so sorry if you're one of those people that have messaged me in the past, you know, and you didn't get anything from me, but it's because, you know, usually the, the overall general response that I get it from, you know, uh, how long have you been in the practice? And they're like, oh, I've just started, or I'm only a few months. I'm not going to, I'm not going to really give you that information because there's other things that you need to be learning about, you know, other deities that you should be learning how to venerate that make just more sense for that certain time period and also you know i didn't necessarily reach out to fender myself and that's why i find a lot of people doing is they have a, a a wolf dream or whatever and they reach out to fender thinking that's who it is instead of really contemplating and thinking about what actually potentially happened or who they may have seen you know for me it was a, a very intense real life situation that I was going through, uh, you know, that was very mentally traumatizing, very just stressful, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, hardcore stuff started, was happening in my life, you know, and that's when it, you know, the situation happened. So it wasn't like it's a pleasant experience by any means, you know, and that's the thing is people have this fantasy of being, you know, that that you know that the edge lord the pagan hipster of I worship Fenrir I venerate Fenrir like it's not rainbows and sunshine it's not like working with Thor you know it's not like you know you can pour beer out and have you know drinks with Thor kind of a thing it's not gentle at all it is it is a it is a very rough experience to even you know feel that need to truly actually have something to do with them and I feel like it's the situation was so specific uh, that you know it was the only person that I, the only deity that I felt even comfortable turning to or even acknowledging that that's who was being involved so it, it, that's the other thing is that it's not it's not fun in games for sure and yeah people have much trying to like basically shit on people's personal experiences as far as like in life where, you know, yes, people have gone through traumatizing things. And, you know, I'm sure people have had, you know, that is some reasons why people have done that. But this is mainly for the people that have like had some very serious things happen in their life that has prompted them to either they've had Fenrir reach out to them, which is, I feel like the most common thing, at least that's what's happened with me and the few individuals that I have talked to that I trust talking to about Fenrir that 
in some way or or another venerate him or work with him you know i've i've had some pretty in-depth talks with those individuals and they have lived some rough lives you know or they have seen some really messed up things you know whether it's individuals that were in the military that have seen some really atrocious things you know or people who have just had some very just you know wild upbringings and things like that and those people i feel have tend to have a a much more realistic and and uh respectful mindset about it when working with them you know do, i feel like they understand it yeah i do want to roll it back to a little bit um to to loki a little bit because this is something that you know i've recently kind of touched on on my youtube channel i did a three episode loki series and mm-hmm. Leading up to that research was an interesting back and forth. You know, I did a poll asking what people thought about Loki, um, because again, it seems to be that split. A lot of you know old school people, a lot of reconstructionists are really against Loki uh, as far as like a venerating deity, and then a lot of the you know people coming into this from the modern age, uh, you know, the new age pagans, so so to speak, um, you know, have no problem with Loki. And but really, you know, I think it was only three percent or four percent of the, the you know the one point four thousand votes I got were you know Loki is evil which I think equates to, you know, uh, about 60. Uh, 60 people thought Loki is evil. You should not work with him at all, uh, which is, uh, again, quite stro- shocking because I thought it would be much higher than that. Um, but most people just misunderstood him or didn't really understand him and didn't, didn't really find it, you know, to be something they were interested in. Um, and I think it was, you know, in the 30% of people who understood, you know, thought he was misunderstood and actually venerated him. Um, but Loki is a different story because we have positive and negative events and we have much more information on him. I would argue Loki is the second most talked about deity next to Odin. Um, and, you know, at least in the prose and po- the poetic Edda. And so I, I feel like you can, you can make a case for it. You know, if you sat down mm-hmm. with somebody, if you sat down, let's say you're, you know, in a, like 900, you know, 50, you know, CE Denmark or, you know, Sweden, um, and you wanted to talk to your local priest, you know, about the gods, and you could make a case that maybe Loki had a positive impact on your life. But if you went up to your, if you're a pre-Christian Scandinavian Germanic society, and you went up to your <laughs> local druid, your local shaman, your local priest, and you said, I want to worship Fenrir, like, he's going to smack you like with a stick, <laughs> you yeah. know, for what we know historically, you know, and what we can say still, I, I think you're seriously going to get a, a whap on the nog, like the noggin, because, or, you know, they're going to say like, why, <laughs> or, or something. I don't know. Like, that's all the perspective I'm looking at it. But Loki, I feel like you can make a case. Um, yeah. And even after those videos released, they were still kind of like this comment thread, like, especially the third one where I talked about how to honor him today. And mostly mm-hmm. I shared the perspective of others. Cause again, Loki is not a deity. I, I venerate very often myself. And, you know, I had some people comment and they were like, Oh my God, how dare you talk about Loki and how dare you even encourage people to worship him as a deity. And then I had other people like, you were too harsh on Loki. Like he is such a loving, amazing <laughs> father. And I, I think you should be softer on him. Um, you know, and then I'll, you know, then the most people were like, "Great video, bro," and I'm like, "Thank you, you guys." Are cool. I like, <laughs> uh, but at Fenrir, I feel like it's going to be even more divisive. You're going to have even yeah. more people that are going to be like, "Why in the world would you even consider 
worshiping Fenrir. And then you have other people like, oh my God, he is such a lovely little puppy dog. I I had a dream about him where I scrubbed him behind the ears and he nuzzled me um, and I saw Tyr's hands in his mouth and it was pretty <laughs> incredible. Like, I feel like those are the two perspectives you have. You have two extremes and you know, you're never going to please either of them. Um, no. And then there's the most of us in the middle that are like, uh, I'm just not even going to touch that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and even like, even being somebody who, who works with him, you know, and that's the thing. It's not, I don't necessarily do stuff with him regularly. You know, it's very, very specific circumstances um, and a very specific mindset. And even, yeah, even with being somebody that does actively work with him and who has had some very, uh, you know, eye-opening experiences through him, I would tell people to stay away from him. You know, like uh, that there's your, you know, your public announcement right there, your PSA for me, like as a follower, I would say a follower, but somebody who works with him, just don't, you know, unless it is something so very specific that there is, you know, that's, that's who it clearly is. And that's the thing, like, obviously I can't judge another person's experience based off of my own, but based off of the conversations that I have had with individuals who do have some sort of connection with him, you know, we have all gone through something extremely traumatic to some degree of the spectrum that, you know, that's kind of where it comes from. You know, well, actually, uh, to bump on that, one of the things I wanted to add with the Loki thing, like one of the most genuine answers I received um, from somebody sharing their Loki experience in an email, I can't remember if I shared it in the video or not, I think I did. It was so long ago and lots of Germanys and, you know, Wiener Stitchels ago. <laughs> Um, but they were talking about how they came from a broken household. And again, regards to Loki and how they had always been moved around foster system, foster system, um, that they're, you know, brothers and sisters, their father, everyone was split up and they never got to, you know, really see anybody. And they were part of the system and it wasn't fair to them. And they were like, they connected to Loki because of that, because mm -hmm. that he came from a broken family, that his family was taken from him, um, you know, and that he never really got to experience that. And then even a later, his one son gets killed. The other one gets turned into a wolf. Um, you know, and it's like never really his fault, you know, he, it's not like mm -hmm. he did anything wrong for his eyes when he, you know, birthed Sleipnir, when he, you know, uh, help, you know, uh, assisted in giving birth to Hel, uh, Jormungandr and Fenrir, but you know, that broken household thing. So it's like to that person, like if they came up to their, you know, pre-Christian Scandinavian, uh, shamanism, you know, instructor person and was like, Hey, you know, I've come from a really shattered family. I don't really have the strong familiar bonds of everyone that worships Thor. You know, I don't have that brotherhood. You know, I haven't had those wisdom seeking moments, but I feel like I've come from a broken household. My father died in war. My family was taken away by slavers. You know, someone died of famine. You know, I feel connected to Loki. He might actually not, not, you know, whap you on the head. He might actually listen to you and take you seriously. Yeah. So, you know, kind of like you said, you know, someone that follows Fenrir has to have gone through a similar experience of betrayal of, you yeah. know, of, you know, I think the betrayal is what usually people connect with the most. Yeah. And that, uh, yeah, like, that's what it is with me, you know, is that, is that's the betrayal. And like, that's the thing, like, you know, when I have random people messaging me about it, you know, I'm not going to go into my story, you know, I'm not going to go into it here, but like, you know, most people that, that I've had message me, it, their, their reasoning for it doesn't 
fit that 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 idea of you know a sense of betrayal or you know like they weren't necessarily betrayed by somebody it was it's just something you know i don't want to say mediocre and sound harsh but like it, it just doesn't fit that criteria is it like of, uh what is it um oh shoot like the mad max and those guys that like spray the crumb in their mouth and they're like yeah they die mediocre yeah <laughs> like your trauma is mediocre to me uh yeah like that's the thing I don't Man, wanna, that's, like... what a fenrir says like you know you walk up to fenrir he's bound up and you're like you know here's my you know small trauma and he's like your trauma is nothing weakling yeah like, again everybody handles trauma differently so like, right, 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 right. you know i, I don't want to make it seem like i'm a heartless human being but, uh, you know, it, it, that's the thing. Like, there's a there's a criteria that I have, that I have, you know, kind of come across and have, you know, having these conversations with individuals who I definitely trust their, where they're coming from with why they're, they would work with him as well. All of us have that same under, like, understanding and agreement that it's a very specific, like, it's just a specific criteria. You know, and that doesn't mean that we're better than other people because of that. If anything, to a degree, I wish, you know, and the situation that brought me to work with him never happened. You know, like I've always had a respect for Fenrir. I've never, you know, I've always felt that there is a misunderstanding with him very much, probably because I do, I work with hell a lot, you know, so I have that natural like idea of, you know, these beings are very much, very much misunderstood. But I wasn't necessarily looking to work with Fenrir. I just had that respect for him and understood that, you know. And I had people ask me, like, did you know, back then, did you have any idea of of working with him, or did you have any you know desire to work with him? And no, I I really didn't. You know, it was just that I understood who he was, what he went through, and I respected, you know, the whole idea of him. And what he had gone through. And you know, and that was essentially it. I had really no plans of venerating him or working with him at all up until that situation happened. And then everything, certain pieces of various little experiences that I had prior to the my incident was, you know, pieces of the puzzle started clicking together, you know, and things just started coming together more and more and more. And then it just made sense to me. Um, I think the first time um, it ever clicked in my mind, and, and you know, this is my very small Fenrir experience. It's not even a fin direct Fenrir experience. It was just, mm -hmm. a, oh, I got it. Uh, was at our fellowship retreat when you did give an offering to Fenrir, and I have walked by the little shrine that you guys had built to give that offering. Um, and I was walking by, just walking in the woods, and I saw it. And I saw like the chain and I saw like the Fenrir idol and like the offering. Mm -hmm. And I kind of sat there and I looked at it for a minute. And I was like, I get it. Like it didn't make me want to go up to it and like speak <laughs> to that spot. But I just gave a nice nod. Like, I think I understand a little bit. And then I just kept walking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's the thing is I feel like, you know, people that have a sense of experience within the faith, have that understanding like you, they have that like oh i get it kind of thing and then they go about their business you know it, it's again like with a lot of the messages that i've gotten you've gotten the the podcast email itself has gotten it's a lot of people that are like i'm two weeks in 
and I want to make my first offering to Finner. Like, no, bad wooden spoon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's where people kind of need to, to understand. That. And that goes, you know, kind of into some of the other deities that we were talking about bringing up. You know, the I've had a member of our Discord community talk about how his friend was going to make his first offering. You know, he was getting into the into the path for the first time. Um, and I was like, oh, cool, that's awesome. Who's he going to make his first offering to? Because I was very curious. In my head, I was thinking probably Odin, which is what a lot of people do, you know, making that's who they make an offering to to some degree, because that's where, you know, that's who brings in a lot of people. I was like, it's either going to be Odin, Thor, maybe Tyr. You know, those are the top three. I was like, okay, that's probably what it's going to be. And the response I got was Mimir. And I was just like, huh? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, again, it, it's, you know, there's, I've said it with Jormungandr, like, there are some beings that are so beyond what we can comprehend with our tiny human brains and, like, spiritual abilities that I, why? So, here is where I get to give you a little bit of crap. You say this. You've said this before about Jormungandr. You're like, what could I offer Jormungandr to make him interested in me? And I have to respond with, what could you give Fenrir to even make him interested in you? <laughs> Valid. And, well, that goes, see, that goes to my thing where, like, I didn't necessarily reach out to him because I didn't know. You know what I mean? Like, I had no idea. And it wasn't until I had my, my traumatic incident that it was, I, I, there's certain deities in other pagan forms of paganism that I've dealt with where kind of sharing that trauma that they can relate to in and of itself will kind of like connect you with them. So in, in Fender's case, betrayal. You know, somebody who very, very close to you does something and essentially betrays the Ooh, I almost got you almost got oh, your uh, you almost got it. I mean, that's uh, all I dropped an uh, dropped an effort this episode. So like, you know, you probably get yeah, one. Okay, cool. you could probably get one. Cool. Just like save yeah. it for like a solid one. And like I, I'm talking like Hugh Jackman Wolverine PG thirteen <laughs> X Men movies. Like you gotta save it for a good moment. Right. But yeah, you 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 know, in my case you had I had somebody that was very close. Don't spill your beans. I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, so I had an incident involved betrayal. And, you know, that in itself was what I shared. That's how I related to Fenrir. You know, it was, it, that's basically what did it. And that's what I've shared with him. And it has turned into, you know, the experience itself was, it was a lot. It took a lot out of me. You know, I've, I've had some pretty intense experiences with other deities but nothing quite to that magnitude where uh you know just like dizziness you know basically almost passing out to a degree things like that it was it took a lot and anytime i've made, done anything with him after that basically took everything that i had you know out of me and uh, yeah I, I feel like you know yeah, kind of throwing my own words at me, you know, now I'm kind of like, oh, no, how do I respond to this? But I feel like it's, for me, at least in this situation, it's sharing that concept of betrayal with him. 
Oh, it's kind of like uh, what, you know, you and I were talking about earlier is, you know, with like the signs, we were kind of discussing like the signs from the gods video I made where it's like Mm -hmm. people really just seek validation. Like if someone comes up to me and they're like, I have talked to Fenrir and I'm having a good relationship. I'm just like, okay. Like, I think really what they're seeking is me to validate their experience. Like, yes, you are having a great experience with Fenrir. And that's what people are really seeking when they they say, you know, ask for these, you know, interpretations of dreams and visions, because everyone's going to have, you know, different interpretations of things. Um, And so, of course, someone that wants to know more about Fenrir is like, ah, Ian, he's had a Fenrir experience. He can validate. Well, I burped. I'm just going (laughs) to keep it in there, whatever. He can validate my experiences and i think that's very true in this path as well like if you have a fender experience own it like you know why you've had that experience you don't need the validation i mean you're talking to the wolf that kills odin why are you seeking someone else's validation for this experience you know and like something else i also kind of want to add here as well as um you know uh as you and i discussed when we you know had this conversation about you know your betrayal is i i shared with you something that happened to me a few years ago with my betrayal as well and then, of course, on my side of things, I never even had a Fenrir experience, you know. So, and that's another thing I think we have to be careful with when people, you know, come to this faith is we don't have a god of things. There, you know, we, you know, yeah. yes, you can say God, you know, Thor is the god of thunder, but that's limiting his experience. You know, Fenrir is not the god of betrayal. So, when you get betrayed, that does not mean you go straight to Fenrir like, "Hey, Fenrir, I, I understand what you've been through." Like, no, that's not how you know, really how this faith works. Yeah. That's, you know, we don't have one God, one thing. Um, so, you know, cause to me, when I went through my betrayal experience, I really connect with Thor, you know, the, the, you know, the need for revenge, the need for, you know, strength in that situation. Um, you know, that's who I went through. And that was a personal experience to me. And I didn't need to talk to Thor, per, a Thor person to know that was for me. And so, you know, if, if it's a true experience, you already know it. You don't really need that validation. Um, You know, not every dream is a sign, you know, and not every sign is, you know, a sign that you need to like, you know, follow a deity, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, I think kind of like going off of that conversation that we had earlier, you know, and this is going to be, you know, a hard truth for people to accept. But like, I, you know, what I was saying on it is if you need somebody else like if you if you need somebody else to validate your experience then it probably wasn't what you think it was or wasn't you know something spiritual at all it could have just been a dream and i feel like that's a very hard pill for people as well if you truly think that you need somebody else's validation on a a dream or a vision or a, a sign whatever it may be then it probably wasn't anything at all and, you know, that's, I think, a very hard pill for people to swallow is that they want stuff to happen so desperately and so badly that, you know, they they have a, a dream, you know, say it's about wolves or they, you know, like your last sign from the gods video, they see a raven or a crow and they they almost force something out of nothing and then they talk about it with other people whether it's you know other heathens and or members of a community or whatever and they they talk about this experience and then they they wait for that one person to be like oh you know they bring up like odin with ravens or something like that you know and then they dive down that rabbit hole and they basically just latch on to whatever they can and that's not that's not good that's not right. Well, like, uh, yeah, imagine that they, you know, I mean, it's a perfect example, like, you know, like they came to you and they're like, Ian, did I have a Fenrir experience? And you're like, no, you didn't. 
And then they go to the next person that, you know, works with Fenrir and they, Hey, have I had a Fenrir experience? And they were like, yeah, of course you did. And they're like, Oh, good. So glad I did. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's, like, it's, it's literally how it happens. It, yeah, it definitely, it definitely does. Cause I've had people go to other individuals first and then come to me and I'm just like, okay, like, what did they tell you? Cause I want to, you know, I kind of want to like right. gauge the, the situation and then they tell me the same thing and then they get some people just kind of get really upset when I hit them with that hard truth of like, no, you know, you need to look at other things as a whole, you know, like Fenrir just isn't, you know, the answer to every, you know, hardship that you go through. There's tons of other deities that you can talk to about that. Or there's, you know, there's other wolves, like I was talking about earlier, you know, within the faith altogether that it could be a multitude of different things. But yeah, it's, it's that, I feel like the people that, are very much like the people pleasers within certain experiences aren't necessarily the best people to go to. It's the people that are going to be very harsh about the questions that they ask, you know, if you come to them for something, those are the people that I feel like you should have a general, like those are the people I think you should take a little bit more serious as far as the advice that they give you or the, you know, I don't want to say their interpretation is the end all be all for what you, you know, what you experience, but they have an idea. I feel like I can trust somebody that's a lot more blunt and straightforward than somebody that's gonna, you know, beat around throw the bush, gasoline so on the, huh? Like beat around the bush. Yeah, exactly. So that's something that I would take into consideration when you are asking people for interpretations on a particular. Well, yeah, it's like when it's other deities like Fenrir. Yeah, like I was thinking, like Eric. Like if Eric comes up to me, like as he's done, and he's like, "I'm gonna go give an offering to Fenrir," I ain't gonna question Eric. Eric does his own thing and has been in the faith for a very long time. Like, and he just does it. He's not like, "Hey, Jacob, can I give to Fenrir?" I'm like, I'd be like, "Oh no, that's a little weird, dude." No, he just does it. Yeah, and I trust him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just like with the fellowship retreat, you know, I I didn't even really advertise it. I just, I knew that I was something that I was going to do. And I had mentioned it to several people. Like one person knew that I was going to do it right out of the gate. And then a couple of people caught wind that that's what I was going to do. And obviously like I had my Fenrir like idol and stuff out for people to clearly see, but I kept it respectfully, like him to his own little side, you know, and yeah, keep it away from my own stuff, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, let's say, like I, I had that respect of like keeping certain things you know away from other 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 people's woo stuff basically you know and i didn't you know I, I obviously i didn't ask for permission i just went and did it but at the same time i didn't necessarily like make it a big grandiose like i'm gonna go make an offering to fenrir oh, you know like i didn't do that i just quietly gathered the people that i knew wanted to go and do this and then we went and left and did it and that was it yeah, like, have you ever told me, like, you come to, like, you know, say, like, the central mid or central fall gathering, and you're like, hey, I want to do a Fenrir bloat for everybody. I'd be like, take a hike, Ian. Yeah, and, I would, yeah, and, I would, and that's the thing, is I would never do that either. It's it's the people that kind of almost have that audacity to, like, almost do that, you know, that I would worry about what exactly they're potentially bringing. I feel like those the people that are that try to do certain things like that don't fully understand what they could potentially be bringing in and exposing other people to because there could be people that have had some very traumatic experiences that they have locked away and don't want to relive it and then bringing right. something like that in could potentially trigger that and then you have a whole situation on your hands you know what i mean and it could be really bad for some people it's really enlightening for some people 
Healing is complicated, man. (laughs) Because like, I mean, once you start bouncing around, like, you know, stuff like that, oh my gosh, it's so much, Um, you know, and I think, you know, we have to tell stories. We have to talk to one another, you know, and I think that's all we're doing here is we're just telling you a story is, you know, yes, you can reach out to Fenrir if that's what you want. Um, You know, it definitely is a very private practice thing. If you come to one of our gatherings, you know, you're probably not going to get a public ritual to Fenrir. That's just mm-hmm. our thing. But, you know, we have people that have been through it that can help you through it. Um, but it's it's going to be a personal thing. And it, it really, it, that's where it needs to stay. Like we can guide you as much as we can. We can give you advice. We can share stories. Um, but, you know, what definitely when it comes to things like Fenrir worship, you know, it's kind of on you. Yeah. I, I agree with that 100%. It is very much a, a, a more private solo practice kind of thing. And I think, it, yeah. you know, and that it, it's a good way to like filter out the, the edgelord uh, pagan hipsters, so to speak. Yeah. Like, if you just <laughs> do it. Like, again, Eric is a great example of this. Like, he doesn't broadcast it. Like, you know, if you bring it up to him, he'll probably talk to you about it. But for the most part, he keeps it to himself. It keeps it to his private practice. He doesn't want attention from it. I think it's that's the big key is if you want attention, if you want people to see you as different because you worship Fenrir, that's a you're problem. It, yeah, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And I think that's the same way with like, um, you know, my shamanic work. It's why I keep it very private. You know, I mostly just hint at it when it's convenient mm-hmm. to talk about. You know, I don't make videos about it. I don't record my shamanic rituals. Um, you know, I'm very private with those things. And it's because, you know, that's really for me. That's, I, you know, I would say more my, my advanced, you know, heathen path, you know, is learning more shamanic yeah. stuff. And it's like, and I, I would feel wrong sharing that with people because I feel like, you know, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to be imperfect. Um, so one, I don't want to, you know, open that to the eyes of judgment of the internet. Um, two, you know, I don't think shamanic, you know, shamanic stuff should be on the internet. Um, and three, you know, I feel like it's going to, you know, do the injustice of that. It's just, a, a, you know, almost seen as an attention seeking, like, look at me, I can do shamanism. Yeah. You know, look at me, I worship we- Fenrir. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to dilute the actual like experiences and, and the, the practice that you are doing. You know, it, it, yeah, it's because it's not for everybody. It's definitely not. My, you know, my practice with Fenrir very much to myself and to a very select few individuals. Um, just, yeah, because of that, because it's not something to necessarily showboat. You know, trauma is not something to be, you know, necessarily, I want to say, I want to say proud of, but like, it's not something to flaunt. Because then all it does is it seems like you're seeking that attention and that validation for, you know, like, oh, poor you, boo-hoo, like, you know, poor Ian, like, no, I don't want that crap. Yeah, you're, yeah like, like, imagine if you came to a gathering and you stood up on a pedestal and you, you told everyone of your, tra- like, your betrayal, like, every detail, and then you're like, yeah, we're going to get a Fenrir because of my betrayal. It's like, we'd be like, dude, like, yeah, that's you, not want a tiny, you want a tiny else. violin? That's for me specifically, and- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's oh man, oh people, people, man. Uh, so but, the last little last little bit here, I want to make sure we. we I, I mean, I don't really know if we can save this from being a you know a pure Fenrir episode, but you know we've kind of mentioned Normagander <laughs> and stuff like that, Mimir, um, and like I think Norns are a good example of this as well. Like you know the the woman that taught me the runes, she t- straight up told me you can't contact the Norns. Like she you know wouldn't spoon me and said no, like you can't do that. Like. <laughs> What would they ever do for you? But, you know, something I'm exploring here, um, especially with like the Norn video I did, um, mm-hmm. you know, last Friday and, you know, exploring, 
this idea of the three Bethans or the three Beatons or the three sisters or the three goddesses that is a legend here in Germany. And part of that legend is that they would like help, um, you know, mothers and childbirth. And this is something that's kind of tied to the Norns as well as they, as they weave the fates of newborn babies. And so there is seems to be something here that may connect that with you. So I've been kind of like following that thread and you know, I tried to do a little bit of a Norn thing. And it, to me personally, and this is just my personal experience is when I spoke to the Norns at that Norn fountain and spoke to each one individually, like I felt heard, but definitely not communicated with, you know, if that's the best way I can, yeah. I can describe it. And I think that's, you know, some of these beings, that's the best you're going to get. Like, yeah, they might hear you, but it's not like they're going to give you the time of day. Yeah, don't expect something. And, you know, and I think this is, you know, a, a good kind of segue into a new piece of wisdom to kind of get rid of the staircase situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've been preparing this. <laughs> yeah. You've been writing that staircase joke for like four oh, weeks now. I know. But, you know, and, and this is this is something that just kind of clicked into my head. When I, when I was thinking about, you know, how I would you know, kind of what we would talk about with this particular episode and kind of just looking at everybody as a whole. And the problem is, is that, you know, silence is a very difficult answer from the gods when all you are wanting and all you care about is some sort of sign, you know, and patience is a virtue in this faith, you know, being patient and not you know, sure, you can you can ask the deities, you know, the gods for anything. Don't expect anything back. You know, expect silence 99% of the time. You know, it's very rare that you're going to potentially get something immediately back. And that's the thing is people just aren't patient. You know, and it's just, you know, patience is a virtue. Take so would you, would you uh, consider your relationship with Fenrir more of a relationship of understanding rather than a relationship of, you know, giving and taking? Yeah, I, I would, I would say that it is very much so. It is a, it is a, yeah, it's a, it's a relationship of understanding. It is, I understood what he went through, therefore, you know, and that is, that's, that's it. You know, we both understand what each other has dealt with. And that's basically, I wouldn't say we're equals by any means because, you know, I'm not a gigantic wolf that slays a god. And I think that's kind of how I was with the Norns as well. You know, it's like, I looked at them, I spoke with them and it was more of a language of understanding what their purposes are Mm -hmm. and sharing with them, you know, parts of my life of, you know, fate and and sharing with them, you know, what they have woven, so to speak. Um, But I wasn't like, hey, can you like totally change my fate? You know, yeah. like no, like the Nords ain't gonna listen to me. I don't care how many, how much, how many bottles of liquor I pour out for them. Like they don't care. <laughs> yeah, and then, like that's the other thing too is you know, kind of going off of my patience is a virtue thing. It's you know, take a look at Fender for example. He was bound for you know however long. If Ragnarok has happened or not, is it gonna happen again? Whatever you know, he only is released during Ragnarok, and that for you know however long we know that could be, that is a long time to be stuck in one place within your own mind, basically, you know, and that kind of goes to that thing, like patient, like just imagine how patient you would have to be to sit there and wait and wait and wait, not necessarily even because you had a choice until you were finally like released. So that's the other thing, like 
kind of going into that patience is a virtue that I'm a very patient human being. It takes a lot to really, really get me going to some degree. Ignorance, ignorance and stupidity, that'll get me going immediately. That's just because I can't with stupid. But, you know, overall, like a lot of people who do understand what I've gone through and, and, and that I've, you know, talked to, which is very, very few people, you know, a lot of people have asked me, why am I still around? Like, why am I still like involving myself? It's because I'm patient. It's because there's this, there's a certain line of understanding and like an idea of, of a, an idea that I have, I hold very dear to my heart that has allowed me to stay as patient and steadfast as I possibly can. And if you look at it from a Fenrir aspect, he was very patient and he was very steadfast and stuck to what he believed in up until the end. Yes, unfortunately, in your case, that involved devouring Odin, you know, but he stuck with it for however long. You know what so I mean? glad that you're so patient. Like now I feel threatened, Ian. Like now you're just telling me <laughs> that like you're just waiting for the day that you're gonna take me out. <laughs> no, I no the YouTube stuff and well, last time you sleep in my house. I'm <laughs> <laughs> always watching. But no, like that's you know, I think if anything, trying to steal my good... cat. Well, okay, yeah, that's I'm not trying to hide that at all. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's that's a huge thing that I that has like kind of reinforced itself is like is that level of patience of just keep pushing through and waiting and eventually not necessarily eventually you'll get what you want but you will get something from being patient you will either get something from it or you will learn from it one way or the other I'm so glad that you you've evolved your staircase you know analogy to patience <laughs> as a virtue I mean that's a highly original Ian <laughs> oh yeah. yes 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 <laughs> we'll find a way to, we'll, we'll find yeah. a way to roast you yet honestly I, uh, I if i ever got back to making t-shirts um i would love to make a t-shirt that's just like paganism was like a staircase you know one step and then the other step afterwards <laughs> <laughs> but be patient while you do it <laughs> yeah. sometimes some steps are pretty big right right um so i do hope that like as the listeners you know we haven't beat this like a dead horse we we're really trying to do this in the best way possible um because we're doing we're coming at it from a place from caring we i mean we genuinely care about this it wasn't just a conversation of like oh can you believe these guys want to worship fenrir like this this is generally from a place of you know we don't want people to to burn themselves by worshiping a deity they don't really understand um or quite frankly a deity that wouldn't give them the, the peace of mind like if you're getting into the faith for the first time and you want those connections going to a deity that probably doesn't want anything to do with you is probably not the way to do it like go to a deity that wants something to do with you that wants that two-way street you know you give them an offering you give them an apple and they give you the time of day um you know frere Idun, um you know freya i mean it literally says in the prose edit and the poetic edit that freya is a good deity to follow because you give her an offering you build her something and she will be there um you know what doesn't say in the poetic and prosetta? Fenrir is a great deity to worship and he will be there when you give him an offering. No, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, you know, we're we're coming from a place of care. Um, you know, 
if you have questions, contact Ian because you know he loves getting questions. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we know we definitely wanted to make this like you know a capstone video for those people that do have questions about Fenrir um, and all the other beings um, out there. I mean, we talked about lesser known deities in the sense of deities yeah. that people should follow, but there's also the you know hard to reach deities as well. Um, and remember, this is a lifelong path, as Ian says, has paid have has patience um but you know like like i've said before in the podcast um, one day i might work with mimir but that ain't now like maybe when i'm you know old and gray and you know don't fear going completely insane or losing an eye then i'll talk to mimir but that's you know definitely probably shouldn't be your first one uh yeah. you know and again mimir is another one too it's like what are you going to connect with here like did you get beheaded at some point and preserved <laughs> <laughs> yeah are you uh are you a basically a pickled head attached right. to another being's waist at all time <laughs> <laughs> like oh, oh, okay kratos <laughs> yeah like uh yeah <laughs> All right. Well, Ian, I feel like we did the best we could with just you and I. So thank you everyone for joining us for this episode. Um, again, I hope we didn't beat it like a dead horse. I hope it's helped people who actually do generally want to know more about Fenrir worship. Um, again, just own your own practice, you know, be honest with yourself. Um, you know, you don't need the validation of others necessarily, but we're here to help. And so, you know, hopefully we've been able to help you in this episode. Uh, Ian, any final words before we close this out? I mean, no, not, not anything that would basically be repetitive. You know, it's just, again, coming from somebody who has worked with Fenrir to those who are thinking about purposefully reaching out to them, just don't. Just don't do it. It's it, In the end, it's not necessarily going to be worth it if you are intentionally reaching out to him. It's one of those deities that if you really have, if he has something for you, trust me, you will know. Yeah. But what, like, if you give him, like, a dog bone, like, would he like that? I don't think so. I mean, I've offered him <laughs> meat, but, like. <laughs> uh, what if you, like, what, like uh, what's the thing dogs like? You know, give him some biscuits, like some. Yeah, what is, what's that, like, super generic dog? A milk bone? Yeah, there we go. You know, like, yeah. a pile of milk bones? Oh, man, if I ever Oh, no, never mind. I'm changing a... this podcast episode. Let's go talk about how to give offerings to Fenrir. Like, go get some milk bones. <laughs> If I get any photos of people <laughs> doing that on Instagram, I'm gonna have brain. Honestly, like that's not a bad idea for like uh Gary and Frankie, like Odin's wolves. Like that would actually be pretty solid, I think. <laughs> maybe not milk bones, maybe getting some yeah, like, not milk bones. Like what is it? Like blue diamond bison, whatever it is. Mm. Yeah. I... <laughs> okay, we're ending this episode before yeah. I say. <laughs> uh all right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh normally we have a guest, so thank you for Ian for being the other one that decided to do this episode with me because everyone <laughs> else is busy. Uh but if you are interested in being on the folk podcast, please email us at the folk podcast at gmail.com. Or if you have a topic you would like to talk about, email us, us there as well. Or if you want to ask about Fenrir, well then just don't email us. We made an episode about it. Anyways, thank you all so much. And until the hall, scout. Go.